I have to tell the people about the Patreon. Yes, you do. Patreon.com slash SMDB. SMDB, like so many damn books. For just a dollar, you can join up and you get access to all the exclusive content that I record just for the Patreon. Also, you get to join the book club. The So Many Damn Books book club. It's been some of the best conversations I've had about books. It really always sounds like a blast. I usually like come home and just hear like giggles coming from the library. So it's a great time. You should join. And I would love to have more people join the fray. You may or may not know that Christopher runs this whole show himself on the hosting side, on the technical side, everything. This is a one-man show, truly. He does it all. Support your boy Christopher. Even at the dollar level really helps. So uh, join up patreon.com slash smdb i'd love to have you patreon.com slash smdb on with the show all right let's do it so many so many so many damn books welcome one and all to so many damn books i am christopher i'm drew and we have Lauren Wilkinson in the damn library with us today. Lauren Wilkinson, welcome. Thank you very much. Thanks for coming. So glad you could join us. Um, Lauren Wilkinson is earned the, her MFA in fiction and literary translation from Columbia University and has taught writing at Columbia and the Fashion Institute of Technology. She was a 2013 Center for Fiction Emerging Writers Fellow and has also received support from the McDowell Colony and the Jurassi Resident artists program wilkinson grew up in new york city and lives on the lower east side Mm -hmm. thanks for coming out to brooklyn thank you for uh, having (laughs) me here and uh yeah i we're so excited to have you on the show um this novel is really fun and really interesting i just flew in today from uh los angeles actually i'm fresh off a plane i'm i've sold out i've I'm gone into TV writing. Oh, oh really? Yeah? Mm-hmm. Spy show. Oh, <laughs> cool. Interesting. It makes sense. <laughs> 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 Some connection there, yeah. Oh, that's great. Um, well, we'll get Is it into... Is nicer weather out there? Oh, yeah, big uh-huh. time. <laughs> <laughs> Can I tell you guys about this drink that I yes, made up? Yes, please. Inspired by American Spy. So um, so the one of the very... F- I'm sorry, did you say inspired? Yeah. You did a better one earlier. Well, I'll get to, we, yeah, okay. uh, yeah. It's a it's a it's a rye whiskey cocktail. So I think that I was gonna. I thought that that was the right choice. Oh, that was the joke. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> <laughs> what am I in for? What a <laughs> this is it. This is the show that you decide to. That's be a on. joke. It's actually a puns podcast. <laughs> um, but so this is so. Uh, I actually am just starting to. Uh, drink rye myself I'm, I've been a bourbon drinker as far as whiskey mm. goes um, but rye is really good and this is a high west uh, rye which I've actually been to that distillery in Park City Utah and it's really fun cool um, and then on top of that it's um, Camparo Antica Sweet Vermouth which is a nice um, sort of nutty vermouth and then a um, uh, an Amaro called Caro oh shoot i was practicing it <laughs> and now i can't do it anymore and it's a sort of this italian vermouth that's got this i mean not amaro that's got this sort of like flat coke flavor which i was really like huh. kind of into mm-hmm. um and then honey syrup um which is just half honey and half water so that it stirs nicer into a cocktail and um 
I'm calling it the honey pot. Yes. Which, nice. which makes sense. Also and fits. my take is that it's delicious. Oh, I'm so glad. <laughs> yes. I appreciate that. I'm glad. Um, and so, yeah, that's the drink. It's a good one. Yeah, she drinks whiskey. Your, she does. Um, to settle the nerves. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she's in a high stakes. <laughs> Me too, while profession. I was reading this book. <laughs> um, do you want to tell us about American Spy? And, wait. Or, oh, wait. Well, I don't even know why I'm, I'm so. I ahead know, we're of that excited to. Yeah, but we need to do our sections. So let's do What'd You Buy? Great. Yes. You go, Drew, because I'm obviously messing up. <laughs> uh, okay, so it's spring, finally-ish. Um, it's April, which is National Poetry Month, and Penguin just sent me uh, Willie Perdomo's new collection, The Crazy Bunch. Mm. And I've only just started it, uh, but it's it's a narrative collection, and it's following... Mm a bunch of young folks in like the nineties in East Harlem. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just like reading poems that are narratively linked to one another is something I so rarely experience. Yeah. So I'm mm-hmm. excited about that. But then also, um, Ali Smith's spring, the latest in her seasonal quartet just showed up, which I'm excited about. And it showed up on the same day as my, uh, field notes, spring edition which are these cool i love field notes notebooks we talk about them all the time on the show Mm -hmm. but every once in a while they do a cool seasonal release Mm -hmm. and this spring is based on u.s interstate signs so it's a i'm using one right now (laughs) nice wanted to like really you know seasonal everything's seasonal now yes yes this isn't really a spring drink that we have though you know what whiskey is good for all seasons Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) um do you want to talk about what you bought Sure. Well, the last thing I book I received in the mail mm-hmm. um, was Damon Young's uh, "What Doesn't Kill You Makes You Blacker," nice. which is a, it's a memoir in essays, and it is really funny. He's been entertaining me for years on VSB mm. online, um, and the last thing I bought <laughs> for real is Levi's, <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> which I'm very excited for Mm. um i buy the same pairs of jeans over and over and over again i'm Mm -hmm. like like a nice uniform it's boring but that was it thrilled me i am the exact (laughs) same way yeah yeah i think i basically dress in levi's and uniqlo (laughs) yeah and honestly that was the i didn't want to go too deep but yeah that was the other shopping cart was (laughs) (laughs) nice Um, Christopher? Yeah, I um, we we just got sent this little slim novel, which I'm really excited to check out. Uh, Nicholas Mancusi's Philosophy of Ruin. Oh my God, he's the best. Nick is the best. He is an excellent book critic, and that book is so good. And the cover is beautiful. It's a beautiful cover. Beautiful I cover. can't. It just is like grabs you right from the beginning. Yeah, there yes. was um. It's it's sort of like the back is just like yeah it's Breaking Bad but if it was philosophy instead and it's just like oh <laughs> mm, tell so, me more yeah. exactly yeah <laughs> yeah yes. and so smart and so gripping and so entertaining I love that book so much oh cool well that sounds nice. good I also got um this uh, an essay collection the collected schizophrenias oh yes oh cool Esma yes. Wang I'm really excited about it mm-hmm. I had one of those like confluence of like 
my Instagram feed was suddenly filled with it. Like, oh, like yeah. and like <laughs> people like and like a tweet and like like four posts in a row on Instagram. Just like, all right, all right. <laughs> I get it. Yeah, yeah I'll do it. <laughs> Um, and it wasn't at, even the algorithm. That's just life. That was just life. Just, yeah, just, just it life wasn't even an ad. Up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe I need to, but no. Uh, so yeah, collected schizophrenia. Cool. I'm very excited to check it out. Okay. So now. Now. American Spy. Okay. So tell <laughs> tell our listeners what the novel is about. So uh, the main character in my novel is Marie Mitchell. She is a black female FBI agent who is, you know, sort of pushed aside at work, uh, mm-hmm. is undervalued, and she's approached by the CIA and asked to help undermine Thomas Sankara's revolutionary government. Um, he was a real historical figure, and in the uh, 1980s, he was a Marxist revolutionary leader in Burkina Faso. Mm. And, you know, as she does this work, she uh, is kind of forced to confront, you know, who she is and where her loyalties lie, mm-hmm. I guess. And that's at the heart of the novel. That's uh, and it, But it also jumps around in time really jumps interestingly. Jumps around in time, and it's, you know, a letter to her, her sons who she you know, loves very much and is are the only two people, as I imagine her, who she would tell the total truth to, mm-hmm. um, you know, as a expression of her love for them. So, yeah, there's a lot, a lot going on. Yeah. <laughs> Family <laughs> drama, sp- spy thriller. So, yeah. Um, can you talk about like what came first, like the plot or that historical, like the, the historical moment, the... Or the, Thomas. The very <laughs> first thing that came was the picture of Marie. I had pictured her as a typical suburban mom. Um, and then, in by all appearances, just looked like, you know, regular, regular mom. And then an assassin comes to her home <laughs> and proves that, you know, she might have a richer, richer backstory than right. she's presenting herself as having. Um, and then I guess I, you know, Sankara for me, I, I think I've known who he is or who he was since college mm-hmm. and really found him to be a compelling and charismatic uh, historical figure and was, have always, I've always been sort of surprised that he's not yeah. better known in this country. Um, yeah. And so I kind of married the two, you know, just those two interests in this book. Mm-hmm. I figured, you know, this is my first novel, may not get the shot at another one. <laughs> Let me just like throw in my major interests right away. Right, <laughs> yeah. See. I don't save anything. There's Definitely. something I love in spy novels where there's this like, there's a shibboleth that happens when an author calls out sort of the two tracks of spy novel. There's the Ian Fleming... James Bond style, and then there's the John le Carre, uh, more subdued version. Yeah. And there's even a moment in this book where characters are sort of like, ah, it's more like the le Carre thing. And this novel largely fits into that. Yeah. I'm wondering if you were ever tempted to go in the opposite direction, or what was it that appealed the Fleming, to you? The Fleming route? Yeah. yeah. I think of Marie... As an anti-Bond. Mm-hmm. Um, and specifically in Casino Royale, which is a wildly sexist Woo! book. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> and I was... So uh, every time I... You know, every line where he's like, oh, God, I got to work with a woman. <laughs> 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 I, I, I 
envisioned the woman who would have to be like, wow, these are the people, this is how I'm received in my work. Right. Mm. So I think I kind of, it was really informative in an odd way, actually, mm. to uh, that book in particular and Ian Fleming in general. When I was trying to to write Marie, I was trying to write the people who aren't in those books, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. I mean, although it does, it has that sort of bond thing of like, it's the explosive start. Like it really is like that, that first sequence is really sort of. Cause I love those, yeah. you know, who doesn't love action? Who doesn't love like the, you know, let's just get right into it. Yeah. Excitement. It's a great fight scene too. Yeah. I, like it's, it gives nothing away. Cause literally if you pick the book up in a bookstore, you're going to be thrown into it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it, it is one of the best choreographed fight scenes how did you write that? Yeah. I wrote it honestly um just from me going to Amazon and hearing a book recommendation and being like, okay, so do let me read the first couple of pages. Mm-hmm. And uh and then, you know, see if I want to buy it. So I was like, people are going to do that for my books. So let me just give them the razzle dazzle. <laughs> <laughs> you know, let me just like throw everything I got at them. Um and like a lot of the stuff, the most intense stuff in this book, it's kind of based in my own fears. Mm-hmm. And so for me, for sure, someone invading my home and my bedroom, any place that I feel safe, um, scares me a right. lot. And so it just kind of I pictured myself in that and how I would uh, how I would be what how I would try to you know be in that situation. Definitely try to defend my defend myself. Right. This is a the very first spy novel that I've ever read that also had parenthood mm-hmm. as a um, as a theme and as a as as part of her character. I mean, can you talk about putting that that side of of yeah. her character in there? It was really important for me to try to create a spy who was as full a person as I could make them, because you know it's it's a big ask to ask someone to be just so loyal to their country to just kind of put all that stuff aside, mm-hmm. you know, put all your, your family, your, to be so loyal and, uh, you know, to have an allegiance to an idea or a, a country and, and not to your family is, is shocking or surprising to me. So I felt like, okay, she probably has a lot of people. Most spies probably have people that they are really loyal to people mm-hmm. that they love. Maybe there's something complicated there maybe there's a tie between maybe they feel that the work that they're doing is to protect family or loved ones i feel Mm -hmm. like at the end of the day no matter who someone is that that's always a a motivation so yeah with her i just felt like let me just (laughs) let me just combine those two those two elements that's where i found myself after finishing the book being like wow the levels of those conversations and how they play in to the title mm-hmm. and the multiple meanings of the title, it was they were so rich mm-hmm. in a way that I feel like so often get ignored in traditional traditional quote unquote spy novels. Yeah, and I guess I guess the um the the question is like, what's the best or worst part of like adding into this genre of of the spy novel? Like what you know, like there's it seems like there's stuff to play with or there's stuff that there's put, stuff to play apart from. Um, well, I think the thing that I wanted to, I hope to add was that just to say out loud, 
James Bond is a very improbable type of spy, mm-hmm. right? Like he's, you know, going around having flashy card games <laughs> and, you know, explosions are going off. And that's not really how a spy functions. A spy must be someone who is constantly lying to their the people in their lives and constantly aware of of themselves who they are, who they feel that they are, their identity is, and then their how that person is different than other people's perception of them. Mm-hmm. And I can identify with that um, just, you know, on a personal level. And so I felt like that was the kind of spy that I wanted to write. And that was what I, how I hope to add to these kinds of stories. Were you reading anything other than, or or thinking of anything other than um, La Carre, or or like what were you reading to for research to inform you? I read a bunch. Um, read, I, um, sorry, I've had a couple of sips of beer. <laughs> it's a bit of a setup <laughs> to, yeah. have, to have some alcohol and then try to answer very serious questions. Um, uh, Quiet American. I read a Graham. I read Graham Greene. And I also read another Graham Greene, which was a weird one, uh, The Human Factor. Mm-hmm. Um, those two really were very important to me, Greene and Le Carre. Um, and I did read, I did read Ian Fleming. <laughs> um, I also read a lot of just black literature from the 20th century. So, you know, Nella Larson, as we're going to slide into, because for me, there is something there about being a spy, because spying for me is there's such a solid parallel between that type of narrative and the narrative of double consciousness and the narrative of 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 passing Mm -hmm. so those two really felt like there was a lot of common ground between them Mm -hmm. i read i read a ton of stuff i read uh what is it the day of the jackal yeah (laughs) cool i read um i read yeah you know because i wasn't in nearly i knew that Marie was a spy before I knew that I could write spy fiction. <laughs> sure. So cool. then I had to play a lot of catch up to figure out, you know, to, to figure out who I, who, who she was and how I wanted to engage with the genre. Cause it was important for me to do that. You know, I, I so I'm thinking of, um, Lee Dayton, you mm-hmm. know, the Berlin mm-hmm. series, uh, game set match series. Um, Restless by William Boyd, I read, which was, you know, about a, a female spy. Just, yeah, I'm just thinking of it all. I read, <laughs> I read a lot. <laughs> I've had to really, because I felt like, oh, am I sure that I can do this? Mm-hmm. And then every time I had that question, I would turn to a book and try, <laughs> to, try to figure it out. Oh, that's nice. I'm always curious to ask writers who play with real people. Mm-hmm. What? How did it feel to incorporate somebody who scary? Yeah. <laughs> yes, it was scary for me um, because uh, Sankar is really beloved in in Burkina Faso, and I went there. I went there to kind of because I felt like I could not read about him in New York and really understand who he was. Mm-hmm. It's a ty- He's a type of person who you need to understand the context of, um, or not understand, but at least see and visit the context of of his country. So mm-hmm. I went there, and every 
everybody who I spoke to loved him and that set a very high standard for me to try to because I knew that I have to complicate him and have to maybe he couldn't be perfect because that's not how fiction works you can't create someone who is a perfect you know impeachable person right um and that worried me the way that I tried to resolve that was to keep him in his public you know when he's talking when it's a question of his ideology that is all based on things that he has said Mm -hmm. for real in interviews and in speeches that he gave Mm. um and then the quiet stuff the personal stuff the emotional stuff it just felt like that's more universal like everyone has had those feelings of desire for someone that they shouldn't have Mm. that feeling for um so that was a little bit easier but that was how i reconciled it it was really but it was really really scary also because I actually, I admire him. You know, mm-hmm. he did, for better or for worse, he did revolutionize his country in a very short period of time and really, really helped millions of people, improve the lives of millions of people in like three or four years. Wow. And was very charismatic and very charming. And um, yeah, so also to admire a person and feel like, oh, I've got to make sure that I try to you know do their memory as much service as i can it was scary mm. well i mean you pulled it off <laughs> very well i mean i i, I also just loved how sim- cinematic this novel is um it yeah. is like like i can totally picture her on her motorcycle like yeah like going around the picture business right? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was so yeah i mean i can see why because this was a really visual novel like you really see the characters and mm-hmm. see um and there's even some good, I mean, James Bond, like, gadgetry. Like, you you got to make up or, like, use technology, like, spy technology. Yeah. It wasn't my, like, you know, my intention to just make something super cinematic. I just think that that's kind of how my mind works. That's what excites me. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, to just create a world or, or to write a scene that is beautiful or in a beautiful setting with something kind of interesting and then... You know, try to. I, I'm trying to like appeal to readers in that way, mm-hmm. just to kind of get their imagination working. Um, you know, because I think it's probably me trying to cloak a weakness. Like I don't. I'm not like a good like lyric, lyrical writer. You know, I, I think I'm thoughtful, and I think that I'm thinking about. I really thought about this book a lot. I wrote a lot of drafts of it. There are ideas in it that I can't articulate. Um, directly, but mm-hmm. I feel like I was thinking of them. You know, I don't, I don't know exactly how I would land on my opinion, but I was thinking them, and I hope that the fact that I was thinking of them makes the reader think of them. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, I don't have these like long, beautiful, alliterative <laughs> on the page. I'm, I, I maybe I'm a little lazy. So <laughs> like, not not lazy, but just not. That's not like like you know, a strength of mine. And I, I admire it a lot in, in so many people. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, so I, I think I worry. <laughs> so I want to, I want to give them, so I feel like, oh, I can't give you like a, a beautiful crisp sentence, but I can give you an image and I can give you an idea. You know? mm-hmm. so. Yeah. Hmm. We are at a point now where this like this idea of all of the shit that America has done in the past, mm-hmm. it's coming home to roost and generationally 
there's been a sea change and like, yeah, no, maybe we shouldn't get involved in trying to fuck with other people's democratic processes. And, but I'm also seeing like, I'm seeing my parents and the boomers in general, like kind of pushing back a little bit. There's still this, I mean, we're watching it already play out in the democratic primaries, the two ideas of what it means to be America in the world. Yeah. And I'm just curious to know if you've gotten any like how how it was a good thing that we went in and killed him like any finger wagging yeah. yeah i'm sure that i have but i have long since stopped reading <laughs> reviews <laughs> because it is brutal yeah um people have been tagging me in in uh, their in their middling reviews which oh, i don't you care guys, for you don't have to tag the author in the review you don't have to tag <laughs> i'm looking at you know i'm seeing the great believers here and rebecca mckay pointed that out you do not if you did not like a book you do not have to tag the person to let them know um yeah psa you guys <laughs> I, I have not i'm sure that i have but i've tried i've done my best not to read it but m- more than that i hope that i have because i that is there is a criticism in this book. Like I, you know, I do stand behind that, that, that I, there's a challenge like I, that I'm not sure that we should have been doing this. I'm not sure that we should have be going into countries and have this very strong interventionist policy when we don't know what what we're doing, you know, and we don't know that's appropriate for that country. I I just, I I think I, I certainly don't know the answer, but I also don't think that the people who are doing this know, know the answer. Right, so, right. you know, I just, I, I think that that should be considered. And I also think that there's an agenda behind that kind of interventionist yeah. Yeah. work, you yeah. know, and policy in, in the world. And that is not a, it, it can, it's, is in a lot of cases a nefarious agenda and mm-hmm. it needs to be called out. It's troubling in a lot of circumstances so you know but it gets so muddled particularly with baby baby boomers right like because they kind of were they grew up in this like under the shadow of like the possibility of a nuclear mushroom you know like a a fallout and that's terrifying Mm -hmm. you know I, i i can imagine like growing up as a kid in like you know the heart of the cold war how frightening the, the enemy's ideology is and I do understand that I have a different different viewpoint but I don't think that's enough to just kind of let that like primordial fear just say just just allow like it has informed our conversations now right like mm-hmm. like with the new green deal right mm-hmm. with AO, anything that AOC is saying anything that even sounds remotely socialist there's like this terror this mm-hmm. irrational fear and it's not even that left, really. Like in right. a more functional society, like these ideas wouldn't be wouldn't be so challenge like frightening. Mm. But it's just like I think we have this legacy of fear um, that is, is is skewing like a perspective in this country. Yeah. And I and I I hope to kind of talk about that because mm-hmm. because I think it I think in the long run it's. Um, harming all of us really right you know because if we can't if we can't talk about like socialized medicine because right. of like the you know cuban missile crisis like, <laughs> those things are like like let's let's figure that out you yeah. know because this that's not a great reason yeah <laughs> but i do feel like that's kind of where it's coming from mm. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to use that. I'm going to be like, hang on. Is this just about the Cuban Missile <laughs> like, Crisis? Come on. Let's, let's, let's be real. Was the doomsday clock? Did it get a little too close to midnight for you? Like, is, that now? Is, that, is that why we now all have to pay thousands of dollars for insulin? Like, what? you know, what, why? Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. And, you know, there there's something, too, like, maybe some of our country's ideas are bad. I mean, we look at something like the book that you brought, um, uh, Passing, mm-hmm. um, that, uh, you know, it came out in 1929, know, and, yeah. like, that's 90 years ago. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, it feels, unfortunately... So present. So yeah. relevant. Yeah. Present. Yeah, so it's this crazy. She was really, must have been ahead of her time, like, for real. People say that all the time, but I think she really was, because... That it feels like now. Yeah. yeah. So this is another novel about being undercover, and uh-huh. um, and you were already kind of saying that, but I was curious if you wanted to tell a little bit more about uh this particular Nell Larson's book. Irene. <laughs> Irene. <laughs> she did it. <laughs> she did it. <laughs> um, so passing. Yeah, was Nell Larson was a Harlem Renaissance writer. She, sort of. Uh, she. I think actually kind of grew up or was living at for a time in my neighborhood in the Lower East Side. Um, the book is about two women who are very clearly erotically obsessed with each other, <laughs> but it was written in 1929, so that was not explicit, but it feels so present. Mm-hmm. Like I and um, Irene for, uh, forgot her last name, mm-hmm. sorry, but Claire Kendry definitely uh-huh. sticks in my mind. Mm-hmm. And they meet, and then they re-meet. Both women are capable of passing um, racially, you know, in terms of racial identity. They're both black, but, you know, can appear white. Uh, Claire is married to a man who is an active racist, who is white. Mm -hmm. Um, Irene is married to a black doctor who longs to move to Brazil, which... I was reading about it and there's a lot of subtext about him being gay because he, Brazil was like this, I, people had this idea of Brazil as being like a, a paradise. Like you, anything goes in Brazil mm. and that you can oh. kind of be free, like in your terms of sexuality. So there is a lot of, so passing refers to race, but I really think, and I don't think it's like a me looking at it in 2019 and looking, re- reading it, from that perspective, I think that Nella Larson used passing uh, to mean two things, like in terms of sexual identity and mm-hmm. also racial identity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It And I mean, it reads ultimately like a thriller. Yeah. yeah. It actually, I mean, I love, I say this almost every freaking episode. Yeah. <laughs> I love reading an author's book and then the book that they suggest to us basically back to back because they inform each other. And even the way that the first section of passing is this sort of like she gets a letter and it sort of sends her into this reverie. And she's like, Oh, I hate this woman, but she's so attractive. <laughs> like, yeah. She's like, mm, yeah. do you hate her? <laughs> There's so Irene, much. Irene, do you hate her? You <laughs> she, she doesn't talk about her ever without at least talking about like, how oh, good she's so hot. She, but she's so good looking. <laughs> yeah. It's like, mm. <laughs> There's so much scholarship on this novel too. I mean, it's like it's a slim, this as slim as can novella. be. Yeah, for sure. um, uh, it's basically a novella, and but it's like 
I was looking at the Wikipedia and it, there's like, there's over 200 published scholarly articles. Yeah, people on like, like trying to figure it out. Like, they can, realize like, oh, oh, she was on to something. Yeah. And there's yeah, so much really. subtext to absolutely everything. Um, yeah. That, you know, every every sequence in this, it, like you just feel completely, when when the racist husband comes home to the... Jack. To, yeah. That, that ghoul. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Your just skin is crawling the whole mm-hmm. time and just waiting for one of them to just blow up because yeah. like because like the first words out of his mouth are like hey nig yeah <laughs> and it's like so Ugh. i love too how <laughs> everyone everyone in the room and everyone reading it just goes yeah. no <laughs> that's spicy yeah but also he never the weird thing is that he never feels like as, as we're all talking about it feeling like a very present book mm-hmm. he never feels like a caricature monster no. he feels like a very human monster yeah, yeah. which i like makes your skin crawl even more. Yeah. I thought about it and I think some of it too is like that he thinks he's talking privately. Right. Right. Yeah. And that's like yeah. kind of we all kind of are a little bit aware that there are tons of people still presently who when they speak privately versus when they speak publicly, they're very different people and their yeah. opinions are, you know, <laughs> might be a little spicier in private than we than we'd like. Yeah. And um, and there's also like the the subtext of like just how much Irene seems to um, like hate how much she admires Claire and like hate how much she likes her mm. and like there's like so, you're like oh god I, girl just, Irene just, <laughs> just, just, just admit it just, just kiss already yeah, <laughs> yeah it it was like um, it's so fast too um, that ending mm. you know like. I had to reread it a few times, and then yeah, too, l- luckily when sure. I I started, I typed like "passing." What happened? And then like there's like already like an autofill, yeah, like, like thirty. Like, <laughs> who did it? <laughs> there's yeah. so many. There's what so happened? many ways of. I don't know. Like, what do you? What do you guys think happened? Did she jump? Was she oh, pushed? Was I, she? Not only I think Irene did it, and it's so <laughs> I do too. funny. My my best friend, uh, you know, there's been talk about them making a movie of passing mm-hmm. and have there not been i mean it's so i don't i don't think there's I, been one yet i just i, I just thought there could like, be yeah, yeah very I think much so too because it is very it's a melodramatic for sure and very it feels like it's very cinematic but um he was just like passing irene did it <laughs> 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 I'm like, mm, good ta- solid tag <laughs> yeah i noticed in my this is the 2018 re re reissue of the Penguin mm-hmm. Classics edition. Mm-hmm. Um, I was bummed that my copy no longer has the Entezaki Shange introduction. Mm-hmm. But there's a note where apparently the last line, at some point, like the third printing of the book in the early 30s, the last line got cut for some reason. Oh. And it's, I mean, it's a very weird line. Um, centuries after, she heard the strange man saying, death by misadventure, I'm inclined to believe. Let's go up and have another look at that window. That's some shit out of like an Agatha Christie. Like, yeah. like wow. I'm just like, I honestly, after I read this book, I was like, who is Nella Larson? Like she was in like writing in the 1920s. Just had these like, like we like this just seems like a crazy book for someone to have published then. Yeah, I don't know. I just I don't. Well, yeah. and the fact that then she never 
successfully got to publish no, again? No, because I think that really is a product of being ahead of your time. Like, yeah. I think that's like really what that looks like. Yeah. Because people are just like, no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it was published to super middling. Like there, a lot of people are like, well, that ending was very difficult to parse out. Like, I, I, yeah. Like, there's, <laughs> there's too much subtext in this. I don't get it. And mm-hmm. then like just sort of push it away. So I think there's something to be said for when there's, you know, like sometimes books aren't appreciated in their in exact moment and it takes many people coming back to it yeah, yeah. Um, i think i'm okay with not i think i'm okay with her not telling me explicitly because i feel like i know <laughs> yeah. i know to pin the blame on right <laughs> there is something cool too about it being a book that is so so open to interpretation both in the the literal whodunit and in hundreds of scholarly essays that just it is a a book that is continuously evergreen for mm-hmm. that yeah i'm fascinated too by the idea um I, I i'd of course heard of it um before um there's a musical that's referenced in the book that um i saw that also had this the the sort of idea shuffle of just along. like yeah shuffle along that of the idea of just like heading to harlem mm-hmm. to go party yeah um and like that was where some cool stuff happened but like you wouldn't hang out there forever like, yeah you, uh, there's like one there's like a couple an exchange between them where she finds out like some white like kind of famous or you know guy is going to be at this party the uh, that that Irene is throwing and Claire Claire finds that out and Irene's like and Claire's like oh I want to go mm-hmm. and Claire and Irene says oh because like other white people will be there and it's just like so tense I'm like <laughs> oh my god you guys like, this is so I just feel to be a fly on the wall. Yeah. So, so tense between the two of them. Yeah. <laughs> I love melodrama. I love like, you know, just getting, being like, my stars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a, um, it's a pretty, it's a wild book. It um, is a wild book. Yeah. Um, I, and it's something that's, it sticks with you even though it's, it is so, sh- I'm, I'm always impressed by that. Um, when, when you can fit so much because, I am someone who ends up really admiring really long books too, like long, um, mm-hmm. you know, persistence of vision that you just tell this huge sprawling story. But I love these tight ones too. It's such like a, you know, li- very incisive. Every meeting means like a million things. Yeah. I think that, you know, she sets us up for that. I think that the ending is earned because for the entire book, we don't really understand. Like she's implying these things, but never mm-hmm. saying directly about any of anyone's interactions, what they mean. Um, there's so much under the surface of every, mm-hmm. like oh, there's all these scenes that she sets up where <laughs> it has like four or five different meanings. You right. know? So um, it, it's, it really works for me in a way that if something hadn't been kind of, pushing me along making me read deeply and more slowly earlier on Mm -hmm. i wouldn't have uh you know i wouldn't have enjoyed as much but you know because there's so much longing too Mm -hmm. between them you know like there's always yeah it's so i love this book (laughs) i love this book for for the soapy elements but also just like this like obsession between these two women how they engage with each other and respond to each other Mm -hmm. i really 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 like yeah and i i think that one of the things that i was admiring was um the depiction of like how much how much danger irene feels like to lose her middle class status is like to it's like the same amount of danger that 
that Claire feels mm. in like her daily life mm-hmm. of whether or not she's going to continue to keep being undercover. And that she and she knows. She yeah. knows yeah. she shouldn't do this. Yeah. She cannot resist this so self-destructive Claire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah. This was a really I I I'm so glad that um you brought this one. Yeah, I tried it's... to pick something short. Yeah. <laughs> so like, like full of, you know, juice. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad I read it now too. I I my fiance was like how did you not read this in college? You're an English major. And I'm yeah. like, A, great question. <laughs> but B, like, it is the kind of book now that I look back and I'm like, I would have had to crank out a six-page paper on something and I would have missed everything else. And now, like, I mean, I guess that training is something nice where now I can read a book and be like, I can see all of these threads that I could follow, mm-hmm. but that are just actually, when I inevitably go back and reread it at some point in my life, I'll be like, oh, oh, this scene strikes me very differently now. I'm like, oh, what if? Mm. Yeah, well, you yeah. can see why this is a book that launched a thousand essays. Like, it's yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, because there is a, it's a lot of melodrama, but it's also like a intellectually interesting and complicated mm-hmm. piece of writing. And I think that that is, in a lot of, I think people miss the boat on that with Nella Larson as a writer that she <laughs> was really, because I, I, I do think that. The ideas that she is presenting, like a lot of people were not even ready to understand. And so they glossed over. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. yeah. So for me, she really typifies a particular type of like something very particular where she truly was like someone who. Yeah. For me as a writer, she is a person who I do think of as absolutely ahead of their time because mm. she couldn't. I think she was articulating things that just people in late in the late 1920s just couldn't even conceive of in terms of like interpersonal yeah. relationships. Mm-hmm. Just very subtle. I mean, not I mean just just everything about it. I really do love this book and I really do love what she's trying to say and I do think that she was must have been very frustrated mm. to have this uh sensibility and then you know, to to get very middling reviews and yeah. to not be able to sell that much, um, yeah. because people just weren't on on that level. Yeah. And then now, you know, people can access it, and now there's a bunch of scholarly work on it. But at the time, right. no. Yeah. Well, I think there's also some 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 type of justice, I guess, if you could call it that. That um, like that writer that is talked about in the novel. That's like this white guy who yeah this white guy tourist who's a real person who really wrote a novel about that time who is he we don't talk we about we don't him. talk about <laughs> him that book yeah. was a huge deal when it came out and while that while this novel was um being written and it has no has no part of today yeah. but yeah. passing does yeah um anyway i think we should talk about other books that we love <laughs> yes yeah. some recommendations some, some more more books out there for people to check out Would you like to start? Me? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I like doing this to you when you say the thing and then just trying to get yeah, in real quick because it makes first. you go, <laughs> me? Uh, sure, I'll go. 
So this is like a completely different type of book from what we were just talking about at all, um, because it's like light and frothy and very spring. Um, it's called, it's Aaron Summers' uh, new novel, Stay Up with Hugo Best. And Hugo Best is sort of like a Conan O'Brien, Dave Letterman, Jay Leno, Jimmy Kimmel, I don't know, like one of late these night guy, yeah. late night comedy guys. And it's the last night of um, the, it's the, the show's ending. And uh, that's that's what opens the novel is the show ending. And she is now out of the job, but she gets invited by the host to like hang out at his upstate house for the weekend, for the long weekend for this party. Um, and she like knows that he's got a reputation as like someone who sleeps around a lot and sleeps with his staff. But she's like, yeah, all right, I'm going to go. And it's just like... It's just like following this like tension of like what's going to happen like is she going to like go through with whatever this is that you know this this character who she's been watching her entire life mm-hmm. um and it's really funny and it's also really melancholy um and I I just love the tension in this book the entire time you're yeah. just wondering like what is going to happen yeah. and and also like what decision is she going to make next cuz she's like watching it happen to herself as though it's like a movie oh. that's like happening to somebody else the whole time. Yeah. It's a fascinating and I just loved it. You know, I devoured it in like 2 hours and just like couldn't stop reading it for anything. Um it was one of those that I just stayed up late to finish type of books. Um and I just highly highly recommend it. I will co-sign that and say that I imagine Michael Douglas playing Hugo Best. Oh, that's not at all what I was thinking. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> who? Who are you? Who are you picturing? I was I was picturing um, sort of a. Uh, I guess I was actually just picturing Conan O'Brien the whole time. <laughs> oh, weird. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I feel uncomfortable. Yeah, really uncomfortable. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. Okay. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, read this book. <laughs> um, do you wanna do you wanna recommend a book or something, Lauren? Yes, I do want to recommend a book. Um, I just oh, I oh I keep recommending this book, but I love it so much. It's a convenience store woman mm. by oh. Sayaka Murata. Okay, I saw her read, and it was just a weird contrivance. One thing led to another and Mm -hmm. i ended up at this book event um and it was just it's just so interesting to me i read the book in like two days it was very funny the publisher was trying to like be like it's like amelie but it's not at all like (laughs) amelie um but it's about a woman who feels like her uh duty her 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 you know her raison (laughs) d'etre if you will, <laughs> is to... Uh, French, very nice. Yeah, uh, that's, what I, that's what I do. Yeah. That's what I do, yeah. Um, is to kind of work in a convenience store in, in, in Japan. And uh, that's it. That's like, that's that's where she is best. She feels like that's, she is an animal in that natural environment. Mm. And there are, I think, uh, lots of social pressures. People are like, listen, you know, you should have some kids. You should have, you should get married. And she really feels like that's where she should be and functions best. And it is just such an interesting book. Um, It also really is an examination of what is normal and what isn't Mm. in this way that is very explicitly not 
an American examination of those kinds of ideas. Oh. And, you know, the book won a prize uh, in Japan, one of their big, their big prizes. It's a very, it's, it's done very well there in a way that I also think is interesting because it's like, it's a pretty short, it's, you know, a novella like this, like passing. And I don't think, you know, we have, there are things about American books that are, um, dictated by the market mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh this kind of steps a little bit outside of that so i also enjoyed that part of it but mm-hmm. yeah it's just a really good weird enjoyable funny book that and i read in, in two days it's in translation or it is in translation now i do not speak any japanese <laughs> <laughs> no i just was curious if she wrote it in english or no uh, no no for sure it is in translation here now i saw her um when I saw her speak here, it was uh, in Japanese with an interpreter, and oh. her translator oh, was wow. also. Whoa, at that sounds the, really cool. At the event, it was super cool, and they were like showing us pictures of you know Japanese convenience stores because they're like these are really different than American what Americans understand as a convenience store, mm. and let me show you why because you can do anything you know, <laughs> apparently in this in this space you can you know wire money you can do just a whole bunch of stuff that i was like "Hmm." (laughs) this is great i stumbled into this and i love it i also loved that she um she had like a when she was signing her books Uh she had a had had a stamp made to do it cool oh that is so classy that's such a good move i wish i could like pull that off you know i'd have like just be stamping my my books but yeah, it was really cool. Nice. That sounds great. <laughs> uh, sold. I'm, I need that. <laughs> yeah. There is a great rubber stamp shop in the East Village. I've been there. Yeah. I've, oh, I've spent a, too much money there. A lot of time <laughs> and a lot of money there yeah, for me sure. Too. Yeah. I love that. And now I just want to go. Like, I don't need it for anything, but I want to make my signature into a rubber stamp. Yeah, because that really was what it was I like. Do, I have a moose stamp. Yeah, you that was made what it was like stamp. with these like specialty things that we think of as like specialty stores like mm-hmm. you know new york could uh it wasn't so expensive back in the day so you could like afford it you know i have there's like a button store scene in my yeah. book that's from my mom where she remembers going to button stores at delancey i just picture like a huge store that all they sold was buttons you know? <laughs> there's a place close to me that still just sells hosiery. I don't know who they sell it to because they're like never open. I don't understand <laughs> how it works, but I do like this idea of these places that sell an individual thing. Yeah. Um, mm. And it's like a totally different way of perceiving New York, you know, Definitely. that you can have the stamp store, have the hosiery store, have the button store. Yeah. And yeah. Well, what do you, do you have a recommendation? I do. Uh, I'm going to do a thing. Somebody called me out on Twitter the other day and they were like, you keep recommending this book and talking about it and it's not out for us plebs yet. And I was like, oh, shit, I'm very sorry. So now when I do that, I'm just going to try to say that this book is not out yet. It comes out in May. So pre-order. Pre-order is so important, <laughs> pre-order, guys. Very important. Pre-order um, your books. It's another debut novel. Uh, Joanne Ramos is the farm. I just did an event with her today. That's so funny. Cool. I'm literally just coming from an event at Random House with Joanne Ramos. Nice. Oh, nice. A farm about yes, women who are. Let me. Well, yeah, you I, it's like I, how you tell. I was <laughs> a little really bit excited like a about that thriller. book. It's like so scary. Yeah. It's it is it 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 has a little bit of the like Margaret Atwoody sure. Handmaid's Tale, but it is in the present or maybe like it's one of those books where if it was a play the time would be tomorrow yeah yeah um 
and this idea that it's a for rich, 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 the super rich that women can basically buy a surrogate mm-hmm. um, and that these surrogates are super like they are tested and they go through this rigorous process to get in and then they stay at this literal farm upstate and it follows a young uh, Filipina immigrant who has a a child of her own but is like this is an opportunity to make a bunch of money and I'm going to go up and the whole time sort of in like a Hitchcockian Patricia Highsmith way there's just this underlying tension in the background Mm -hmm. and we see the points of view of a couple of different characters and it just it i mean the um the author she's like an economist yeah Mm. yeah that i yeah that's so exciting to me because she was like talking about it today where she just wrote this book first of all has two kids and like was writing this book and she was like i had to be super you know aware of that time that two hours that i had in the morning before then i wake up the kids Mm. and like get my day going (laughs) Mm -hmm. and then she had this whole career before it yeah it was really interesting to hear her talk because i am not an adult (laughs) always always impressed by them (laughs) um but i mean it's in the same way that American Spy is a thriller and it has all of these other things. The farm is definitely being pitched as a couple of other things, but like it reads like a thriller Mm -hmm. and it's so socially aware and it, it just feels like another great addition to like, yeah, fuck it. Let's have these conversations. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. And let's let literature and culture lead the way into the conversations that is a great recommendation and i read i met her today for the first time and it was wonderful to meet her so i'm nice. i'm so cool. glad and it feels like a lovely coincidence that yeah may mean more <laughs> <laughs> so everyone read the farm <laughs> um yeah i feel like uh if there was a so many damn books um, like bingo or drinking game, like one of the things that they would drink on is every single time we mentioned Patricia Highsmith, like we we cannot get through an episode without. (laughs) Cause she's amazing. I love Patricia Highsmith. Um, Oh, and speaking of people who might be big fans of the show, um, if you're a fan of the show, I was really wondering where that sentence was going to end. I don't. I it was didn't a, know. It was a smooth transition. <laughs> so smooth. Um, if you're a fan or if you're enjoying our show, please, um, we have our Patreon, Patreon.com/smdb. Um, we appreciate people who support us through that. It helps us keep the lights on and all the cool stuff that happens. Uh, we also greatly appreciate reviews on, on iTunes. iTunes. Uh, tweet at us share the show talk about it with your friends yes tag us anytime you talk about it unlike with <laughs> authors yeah tag us anytime you talk about the show if it's negative we'll block you but still we like <laughs> seeing the notifications uh, um, and also you should go out and buy Lauren Wilkinson's American Spy it's an incredible novel and I was gonna say the same L- listen I you know my first time on the podcast people please support this, so <laughs> this is good you. this is a fair it's a great endeavor this is a pleasure to be here so oh, thanks please, so much uh, please do it <laughs> <laughs> and thanks for coming on the show we really uh, enjoyed having you on yeah yes. thanks this was great thank you Bye. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.